Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes, and we appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. If you would please in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, we have been coming close to God and, and allowing Him to speak to us about our relationships, uh, the most important relationships that we usually celebrate in our life, and that is the relationship between husband and wife and, and how we are uh, to come together as one and how we're to, uh, to see our roles towards each other. And, and let's not forget that all of this began uh, with the verse that tells us that we are to humbly submit to one another. It says, uh, while we are casting aside the things of this world, in verse 18 it says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. And this is how we are filled with the Spirit, how we allow the Spirit of God to lead us and move us rather than the Spirit of this world. It says uh, that... Uh, we are to speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody within your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is, this is the preamble to what we're, we've been looking at for so long, and I'm not going to go back and preach all of this over again. You can sigh a big sigh of relief at this point. Um, but uh, we need to be thankful for what God... God has given us. We need to be uh, gracious towards God for His blessings to us. And, and uh, we need to thank Him for His direction, for His guidance, for His provision in our life. We, uh, we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to one another. And we talked about the depths of all of that and how uh, we uh, uh, psalms are praise to God. Uh, uh, spiritual songs are towards one another. And so we need to uh, to to remember to uh, to do these things that we might exalt God and give thanks always for what God has given us. And then the first uh, one of the first commands is to submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. And we we've, we've been talking about this submission, this submission between husband and wife, this su- submission uh, between wife uh, as uh, towards her husband as uh, unto God and, and to submit into God's order and to submit to what God's role is. And we talked about what that role is. It's not a submission of, of uh, like the submission of a slave in a home where uh, the wife is always doing all the bidding of the husband and not thinking about herself and, and uh, just sit, sitting there cooking and cleaning and, and being pregnant all the time. That's not what that submission is. And we talked about uh, the fact that that submission is uh, to be a mirror of the submission that we have towards God, a submission of His uh, desire for our life and submitting uh, co-equally, co-equally between the husband and wife. And then we talked about last week, we began to look at the submission of the husbands. For the husband is the head of the wife, and even as the Christ is the head of the church, this is how the wife is to be uh, submit to the husband. But then uh, we read 
Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. And that's where we we looked at last week and how we uh, talked about that submission, that role of man. And it, just a way of reminder of what we discussed last week, uh, we, we understand the significance of how uh, the world has entered into the realm of, of telling husbands and wives how they should act and react. And, and we talked about how uh, the women, uh, uh, the Satan has led uh, uh, people away from God in a variety of ways. And one of the ways in which Satan does this is he basically takes everything that God designs, everything that God uh, wants for us as a way of, of providing a blessing to us. And he takes it and he turns it around and turns it completely opposite. God says we are to submit to one another and, and wives are to submit to their husbands as submitting unto Christ. And he says, no, 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 that's not what you ought to do. Women, you ought to uh, be independent. You ought to be able to do everything on your own. You ought to be able to stand without a man. You ought to be able to have it all, be able to have a career, be able to go out there and, and do all these things that men do. And, and you ought to be able to do everything that you want to do and do, just do it for you and, and don't care about anyone else, don't care about family, don't care about anyone else. But that's the opposite of what God desires for us. And not only has the world and society gone against women to tell uh, women that they need to do this kind of thing opposite of what God desires, but uh, we, have, we didn't talk about it last week, but society and the world has said that to men as well. Men are to be uh, uh, loving towards their spouse. They're to be loving towards their wife and they're to, uh, to love the wife as Christ also loved the church. And the role of man is, is uh, become uh, replaced by uh, uh, in the world uh, of doing all kinds of things for himself instead of caring about his family, instead of caring for his wife and loving his wife. Uh, the man's desire is nowadays is, uh, and is being told, look, you work all week long, you work hard, uh, you ought to go out and do things for you. You ought to just go out there and, and enjoy uh, uh, your sporting activities, enjoy going out and hunting, go, enjoy going out fishing, enjoy uh, playing video games, and don't care about anything, anyone else. Look, you have precious little time for yourself, so you need to just do everything you can to just take care of yourself. That's what the world is telling us. And the world is saying, look, men, you can do that because, look, we're going to come in here and we're going to just uh, 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 take care of, of your family for you instead of you taking care of your family for, uh, for yourself. And basically, the man in so many homes has been replaced by a government check has been replaced by society, uh, social programs, has been replaced by all kinds of things. Everybody else has stepped in to take the role of the husband. And the husband is, is there to say, hey, I can go off and do whatever I want to do. The problem is that's contrary to what God's desire is. Men fail to take responsibility for their actions, fail to take responsibility for their homes, fail to take responsibility for their children, for their wife. Men are also absent from their children. They're no longer in the home uh, influencing their children, influencing their family, influencing those that God has given them charge over, but rather they're out doing whatever they want to do. 
Men focus on me, my wants, my desires. Don't bother me with the problems. I'm too busy is what uh, society and the world tells the man to say. Uh, They get wrapped up in work. They get wrapped up in uh, playing uh, all kinds of uh, things that they can do. Watching TV, doing anything but doing what they're supposed to be doing. But we're called as... Uh, Paul tells the uh, church at Ephesus that we are to love our wives even as Christ also loved the church. So we need to see what this model of love is. Christ is the model. Paul says, look, men, you ought to not concern yourself with all these other things, but rather love your wife and love your children, love your family as Christ Love the church. And we talked about that love last week and we talked about how Christ has given of Himself for us and, and Jesus Christ is the model for husbands to love His wife. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7 is a key verse that we need to look at. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. And we're talking about the, your wife, uh, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. We need to understand that that in our relationship, in a marriage, that the wife is the weaker vessel not because she's not capable of doing things, but this is the place in which uh, the relationship in which God has designed for the husband and wife to have. It's not that she is... Look, when you go into a museum, I've had the, the uh, fortune to go and see some wonderful things in the museum. My family hates it when I go into the museum because I read all the little cards that tell what everything is. But when you go into a museum and you see some of these priceless treasures, I want to know why it's a priceless treasure. I want to know why uh, this plate is any different from any other plate or a plate that's in my cabinet uh, at home. I want to know why this bowl is is significant or this vase is important or why uh, this rock is so important to our history, to our society, to our world. Why is it put behind glass? Why has someone made sure to separate it from all other rocks? And why this rock is so important? When you go into one of those museums, you see these fine vases, or, or as they say in the art world, a vase. A vase. It's not a vase anymore. It's a vase when it just holds a few flowers out of your garden. It's a vase when it's in a museum, right? Well, a vase in a museum is priceless, isn't it? It, well, at least that's what they tell you. It is priceless. Don't bump into it. Don't knock it over. Don't make it crash to the floor because it is priceless. Usually you have to treat that vase, that vase, with a lot of care because it is special. And then it is many times fragile. That's the significance of what uh, Paul is saying here. He's not saying that women, you're fragile because you can't stand up against the and endure against things in the world. You're not built for toughness like a Ford truck. You're built for as a vase, like a precious, priceless vase to be cherished, 
to be loved. And that's what we need to understand today is, is that we're to be, we're to cherish, we're to be considerate. We're not to be harsh or dominating. It says uh, in, in Ephesians that we're to consider uh, to uh, to consider, uh, excuse me, in First Peter, we're to consider, uh, give honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. We're to not be harsh, not to be uh, to show dominion, but to be gracious, to be respectful, to be. It says that we are to understand our wife as the weaker vessel. That means that we're to understand the needs, her desires, her longings, her frustrations. That means when you come home at night and you're uh, and you're done with your day, you don't need men. We don't. We have a tendency to want to just turn off and sit down on the couch and just turn everything off, and we don't want to hear all the yak 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 of the business world and all the things that come at us all day long. But when we come home, we need to listen and we need to sit and we need to hear what our wives are telling us because to them uh, and, and in our relationship, they're conveying to us the most important information that we need to hear and we need to be mindful of the things that they say to us and, and we need to hear their heart's desires. We need to hear about their needs and, and listen, it, it's all about simply giving an ear to, to all the things, the passions, the desires to, to understand what they're going through. We're to understand their strengths as well as their weaknesses. We need to know how to please God by honoring her as a fellow Christian, as a fellow heir of the grace of life, the grace of God. We need to... Uh, to understand these things. Why? Because this leads to reward. This leads to underhindered prayers in our life, as it says here in First Peter. That we're uh, to understand her, her needs so that our prayers be not hindered. This begins to give us a picture of Christ's love for the church. Christ doesn't sit there and say, you know, yeah, yada, yada, yada. I hear all the things you're saying, but I just don't really feel like it. No, Christ understood the needs of the church, understood the needs of humanity. He was in, look, uh, think about this. God already knew and understood the need for salvation, the need for a Savior. But as, as God was sitting in heaven and God was seeing the plight of man, He didn't just simply turn it off because He knew that man was going to do all these things and that He needed a Savior. He was concerned. He was caring. He was loving. And He gave of Himself sacrificially so that, that mankind might have a Savior, that we might understand and know the love of God by His giving of Himself for us. And this also helps us to, to see how we can love God, uh, love our spouse as Christ loved the church, giving uh, us a model of how we should love our, our family, love our wife. 
in the same manner as God as Christ loved the church. So we see a sacrificial love. We see that Christ gave Himself up for the church. We're to have that same sacrificial love. We talked about that last week and how uh, our, uh, we need to see uh, the sacrifice that Jesus gave, the sacrifice that He uh, gave on our behalf to, to die on the cross when we were uh, in the midst of of our sin and while we were still at enmity with God, uh, Christ loved us so much that He came to die on the cross for us. It wasn't because of something that we did. It wasn't because of something that we deserved. But rather, Christ loved us and gave Himself in spite of the fact that we at that moment were rejecting Christ. He still gave Himself up for us. And so we need to have that same kind of sacrificial love that's not about uh, getting the things that we not, uh, want. We don't just simply love our spouse when uh, our spouse does what we want to be done. We don't love our spouse when our spouse uh, uh, buys us things or does things for us because uh, it, it's easy to love in those moments. But we're called to love when love is difficult, when love is, is a strain, when love is hard, when love is, is not warranted. We're to have a sacrificial love that's not tyrannical, but sacrificial. We're to love not to exalt ourselves or to exalt uh, the things that we do, but in a humble sense of love. We need to love in such a way that is evidenced by Christ giving Himself for an unworthy sinners. We need to love even when our spouse makes it difficult for us to love. And then secondly, we talked about it being a purifying love. Go back to Ephesians 5. It says in verse 26, um, uh, Husbands, love your wives in verse 25. That he might, in verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with washing of water by the word. Then he might present it to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So, what he's doing is he's talking about Jesus Christ and his love for the church, that, his, uh, that Christ's love for the church was not just sacrificial, but that uh, but his love was provided for the church that he might sanctify us, that he might cleanse us, that he might uh, take us from our desperate destitute of how we were and love us in such a way that, that we would be cleansed of our sinful ways, that we would be uh, taken from our impurity and brought to a purifying love. Christ loved the church enough to sanctify her, to cleanse her by the washing of the blood. And we're to love our wife, men. We're called to love our wife in a way that it not only is sacrificial, but in every way possible to lift her up, to help her to, to be more virtuous. We, we uh, looked at Proverbs 31 about the virtuous woman and all the things that she does. Well, she is virtuous because of her relationship with her husband. Her husband lifts her up. Her husband encourages her. Her husband does everything he can to, to make her virtuous so that she can then be a blessing to her family and to, uh, to be a, a, a wonderful example in her community and example 
example of the love of God in her life. And that doesn't happen by mistake. We, when, a, when a person comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, we tell them, look, you don't have to worry about the sinfulness in your life. Don't worry about all the things that you're doing that you want to stop. And so many people try and do that. They try and say, well, I'm doing this, this, and this. I've got to get rid of these things before I can come to Christ. And the answer is, is no, you need to come to Jesus just as you are. Sin and all and let God take care of that. Let God cleanse that sin from your life. Let God purify your life. Let God change and transform you in your relationship to Him to making you like what God wants you to be and like what Christ wants you to be. In the same way, husbands, we ought to, uh, to uh, encourage our wives to grow closer to God Encourage our wives to be virtuous in every way. Encourage our wives to, uh, to be built up in the, in the knowledge and admonition of Christ and his relation, your, her relationship to Jesus Christ so that she might be the woman that, that God has called her to be. We are to spiritually uplift our wife as Christ uplifts the church. Husbands, we're to sacrifice ourselves uh, by sacrificing the things that we uh, need in our life and our wants. We are sacrificially meeting her needs. We're leading her to an increased virtue, giving our life on her behalf. Boy, that doesn't sound like a domineering, uh, overbearing husband, does it? it? It sounds the exact opposite. And that is exactly why, as we are called to love our wife with the same kind of love, it is a, uh, it is a love that is so greater than simply uh, 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 sitting there and telling our wife, you know, hey, Give me, bring me my slippers. Uh, uh, where's my supper? Where's where where where's my newspaper? Where where? Uh, that's not it. That's not how we're to live in our life of sacrificially giving of, of ourselves and building up our wife and and leading her to a greater understanding of Christ. But thirdly, not only are we to have a sacrificial love and a uh, 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 uplifting uh, love that leads to virtue, but we're to thirdly have a caring love. Look at verse 28. Verse 28 says, So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loves himself. We're to have a caring love. We are to love our wife as we care for our body. Now listen, there's some of us that roll out of bed, guys, and we uh, uh, run our hair, hand through our hair if we have any left over, and we uh, put on some clothes and get uh, and go out in the day, and we don't even think about uh, taking care of ourselves. Then there's some men that st- stand and preen in front of a mirror longer than, than most women do. Uh, but uh, that's not just talking about the things we do in the morning. Uh, think about all the things that we do to care for ourselves. Not just simply washing and bathing and all that kind of stuff, but we feed ourselves when we're hungry. We make sure that we have uh, 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 the ability to carry on our life by making sure that we get the nourishment that we need. We clothe ourselves so that we're uh, protected against the elements of the day. We comfort and care for ourselves when we get sick. Some of us a little better than others, but uh, uh, when we get sick enough, man, uh, 
We might not go to uh, the hospital or go to the doctor, but we at least will fall into bed and wait for the sun to rise the next day, right? Uh, We care for ourselves when we're having pain and we do what we can to make sure that we're cared for ourselves. In the same way, we're to love our wife. We're to love our wife not just simply superficially, because of what she uh, is able to present to the world, but we're to love her by feeding, nourishing her. Uh, We're to uh, love her by caring for her, comforting her, doing all the things that we do for ourselves. We're to uh, be sure that we also do for our wife. Uh, Look at verse 30 and 31. It says, For we are members of His body and of His flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined uh, unto his wife, and they sh- the two shall be made one flesh. This comes from Genesis chapter 2, talking about uh, marriage. But uh, what it's talking about is, is that we care for our wife as we care for our own body because we are one body. When we come together in marriage, we're united as one. And we're made one. And so when we care for our wife and we love her as we love our own body, we're also caring for her because we are of one body. Marriage has made us one with our spouse. We are to give her the same care that you, uh, we give ourselves. We are to care for her needs as we care for our own needs. That means we're to do everything that we can to make her life as enjoyable and happy as we strive to make our life. There's some uh, cute little phrases that people uh, find in different places and put in their homes. And uh, one of them is, is uh, says, "If Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy." Well, that's true, and and uh, really we ought to treat our wife with that same kind of of desire we need to make her happy because when we make her happy everyone's happy another saying is is happy wife happy life right i mean uh, we need to make sure that we make her life as happy and as enjoyable as possible because when we do it affects everyone The wife is not just one with us. We need to remember, husbands, that she is not just one with us, but she is one with Christ. And in caring for her and loving her is to love Christ and to love her with all of our heart and life. And so we're called to have this kind of loving relationship towards her that does everything possible to ensure that she has the love that, that, that she deserves. Matthew chapter 18 it tells a wonderful story. Uh, not a story as in uh, Mary had a little lamb type story, but has an account of Jesus Christ te- uh, teaching His disciples. You don't have to turn to Matthew 18, but I'll just basically tell you, while Jesus has been teaching with the disciples, He's uh, been uh, followed by this large crowd of people, and He comes to an area and has a seat, and all these parents want to bring their children to Jesus. And the disciples, they get upset because they're... 
They don't want these parents trying to get their children blessed by Jesus to get in the way of of the teaching that He's trying to do and caring for others. And so they begin to try and shoo these uh, children away and the parents away with their children. And, And Jesus says to them, Suffer the little children to come unto Me. Remember that? And He also says, If any man should do anything to cause any one of these to stumble into sin, it would be better for him to tie a millstone around his neck and to be cast into the, to the sea. He's saying, listen, you need to be very careful about how you treat these children because they're precious. They, are, uh, they deserve your love and they deserve to be cared for. And uh, in the same way, we're called to love our wife and in essence, we're, uh, we need to understand, men, that if you cause your wife to stumble into sin, if you cause your wife to deviate from the virtue of Christ, of, of growing closer to Christ, in the same way, it would be better for us to just simply tie a millstone around our neck and throw ourselves into the ocean. These millstones were huge and they were used to, to make flour and they were uh, made to make meal and things like that. And they weighed a lot of uh, weight. We're to guard and protect our wife. We're to, to treat her with uh, all respect and cherish her. We're to make sure that we do not disrespect and not belittle her. John 14, verse 13 and 14 says, uh, Jesus says, Whatever you ask in my name, that I'll be sure to give it to you. He's talking about, uh, he's talking to his disciples and he's saying to them, Ask whatever you will in my name and I will grant it unto you. He's talking about meeting our needs. If, if Christ is willing to do that for the church, for his believer, his his disciples, his followers, then we're to have that same attitude within our home. That whatever is needed, whatever is virtuous, whatever lifts up our spouse, whatever that she needs, whatever she desires, as long as it is is uplifting, as long as it is a building of her relationship to Christ, we ought to meet that need. Philippians 4.19 says that my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. We, uh, we understand that to mean that, that God gives us all that we need, not just simply a little bit, not just a, a according to a barely scraping by, but according to His riches and glory, according to God's standing as who He is as King of kings and Lord of lords. And if God does that for His church, we ought to do that for our wife and love her with the same love that God loves His church. So for a blessed marriage, we need to meet her needs. You need to do everything in your power to help her to achieve her secret desire as long as it serves to increase her virtue and well-being. We need to see our wife as a treasure given to us by God to be cared for and cherished and uh, nourished to be a loving helper and a companion to, uh, to, to be the fulfillment of God's... Look, God gave us our, our wife as a way of providing for us all of our needs to be a helpmate, to come alongside of us and to help us in all of our struggles. 
And she is to be cherished and nourished. In fact, if you look at those two words in verse 29, for no man ever hated his own flesh, but nourished and cherished it, even as the Lord the church. The word nourished means to uh, is usually used in a sense of of when dealing with uh, raising children. And so nourishment and nourish in this sense is is talking about caring for and providing all of needs so that that she might uh, grow and flourish in her role as a wife and grow in her uh, relationship to Christ and grow in her uh, ability to, to be all that God has called her to be. But the word cherish there is such a beautiful word. That word cherish has a meaning that means to warm with your own body heat. It's a word that means to melt. It used as, uh, to melt. Uh, it means to soften. Uh, and, and in many situations it's used to, to talk about like a bird providing a nest of comfort and safety and security for the young and, and, and a place where they're cared for and loved and nurtured and, until they grow to where they can be on their own and, and leave the safety of that nest. And, and we're called to, to nourish and to cherish our wife in the same way, to bring security and support, to, uh, to, to hold close and, and to provide that warmth and to provide that care that, that allows them to grow. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 is a, is a verse that we need to look at for a moment. It says, it gives us a warning. We're called to do all these things and in many ways we can try and, and strive to do these things, but what if we simply say, you know, all that's great for a lot of other people, but I, I'm really just too busy. I, I'm the CEO of this. I'm the head of that. I'm, I'm too important. I, I, I've got people that I pay to do certain things and I, I, can, I can pay to do other things and just take care of my family that way. What does God say? to us when we fail to live up. It says, uh, but if any provide not for his own, if any man doesn't take care of his wife, if any man doesn't care for his children, for his family, for his own, those that he's responsible for, it said, what does it say? And especially for those in his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. It says here uh, that if you fail to live up to your responsibility as God has brought you before you and has instructed you on how you should live, then it's worse than if you have no faith at all and that you're living someone so far outside of the faith they're considered an infidel someone that's barbaric denying the faith as an unbeliever and fourthly we're to we're called to have an unbreakable love look at verse 31 in Ephesians 5 
For this, uh, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. One flesh. One body. Unbreakable. It's to be unconsidering a thought to break away. It's like, it's like he says to be one flesh. And I've not been at my job at Tyson for very long, but from time to time people get injured because of, there's big machines there and there's big machines doing things that cup, cut and chop and tear apart, pull apart. They take that body of a chicken and they cut it apart and make it into other things. Sometimes people put hands or feet or arms, fingers in the wrong place. We know it happens. We don't like to talk about it. Doesn't happen very often. But every once in a while it does happen. And when it does, it stops everything there because we all need to care for that individual because a part of their body has been cut off. A part of their body has been... And in the agriculture world, it's the same way when a farmer's out on a a piece of equipment that's bringing in a harvest and they put a hand where they shouldn't or they put a foot where it shouldn't be. Their body is in a place it shouldn't be and, and a part of the body is cut off. It's devastating for the individual because the one body is no longer one body. It is a body in two parts. We're not to allow ourselves to be cut off. We're not allowed to... We don't allow ourselves to be broken off from any part of our body because if we do... If I sit here and I take a knife and I cut my finger off, what happens to that finger if it's not rejoined to the hand? It dies. It dies. If, if I take my hand and I stick it into a grinder, what happens to that part of the hand that's in the grinder? It dies because it can't be attached again to the body, receiving the nourishment, receiving the care, receiving the, the life-giving, life-supporting care that the rest of the body provides. And when we allow ourselves to be cut off from our family, cut off from our wife or our husband, we begin to die inside. Our love is to be unbreakable. It is not to be allowed to be separated, not allowed to be torn apart, to be torn asunder. You're to do everything in your power to to care for your spouse, your wife, because you are one body. And when you separate, when you, when you divide, when you cut yourself off, whether it's cutting yourself off by not being accessible, not being available, not caring for 
your family, not doing the things with your family that you should be doing, or you cut off because of a break in relationship. It creates death. The marriage, the body, the marriage body begins to die. Part of it dies because it's no longer one body. We're to love one another. We're to, we're to love our wife with everything in us. We're to care for her as we care for ourselves. Why? Because this all is a demonstration. It is all an illustration of the love of Christ for His church. And it is in God's design to build each other up. Of lifting one another to be the, the person that God has called us to be. We're to love with that kind of love. We're to have that kind of desire to see the best and the utmost for our spouse. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we praise You for the great joy that, that comes with following Your path, Your direction in our life. We thank You for showing us the way in which we should live and how we're to commit ourselves to loving those that You've given us to cherish, to nourish, to love with all that we are. Lord, guide us that we might be Your people, that we might demonstrate Your love in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.